Welcome to Midnight Monologues, a recorded conversations mini podcast. earth-shattering, eye-opening books lately. And and for the first time, after reading these books, I'm going to have an opportunity to sit down and talk to the authors and pick their brains. And I think that's the most exciting part of what I do in this podcast world is I get to pull away the illusion of the idol and I get to talk to the human behind the book. And one of the books that I just recently finished reading was called sensation. And it's by Isabel Lasada. And I first heard her on the Russell Brand podcast discussing this book after it came out. And it was the things that she was talking about with Mr. Russell Brand. I was just sitting here going, are you kidding me? And that was about a year ago or so. And so I ordered a book right away. And I started reading it because I was really excited about it. And it was during the time when I was first starting my research um, and really getting serious about writing my book. And it it just had so many wild and crazy stories about this woman's sexual journey through trying to figure out her own sexual identity and her likes and her dislikes. And somehow I ended up just putting it back on the shelf and not finishing it. This past week, I picked it back up again to read because I had recalled that there was something she had referenced that I needed to reference to kind of qualify because that's what we do. We use all these other authors and all their works to qualify like, you know, things that we agree with so that other people believe us. And so I jumped back into it and I had forgotten about the, the just the craziness. Um, and this is good craziness. I mean, for me, it was essentially very good craziness. But OK, so Isabel Lasada talks about this kind of like retreat slash community that she discovered and and she lives in the UK and she is a she's a best-selling author in the UK um, and she also has another book coming out shortly too but it has nothing to do with sex I, I believe it's all about the environment and um, so she's going through and and she discovers this community and in this in this concept called ohm and what ohm is I'm going to lay it down because and and hopefully in a few weeks I'll actually have her on to better explain it. But Ohm is this is this stroking practice. Clitoris stroking practice slash organization. So it's designed to help people understand the importance of stroking. And so there's this fascinating story that leads her to meet all of these amazing people and to have all of these different shared experiences. And ultimately understanding herself more and love more. And it's just it's just so great how sometimes we can read a book and we can get lost in the experience of another. And we can have it expand our own understanding of the things that we once thought were things that we couldn't talk about. But now we realize we should talk about. And that's what a lot of these authors do for me is they, they peel back these ideas and these concepts that I think, wow. If other people knew about this, what benefit could it be 
to their, not only the way that they internally relate to themselves, but how do they relate to all of the people in their lives? And if you haven't put it together by now, that's kind of like the trajectory of my quote unquote mission in life. Um, It's just something that I want to do. And I believe that stems from peeling back eroticism and discovering our erotic self and integrating our sexuality with our spirituality. And so this wonderful woman who basically wouldn't tell anybody, it's like she went through this whole journey of like not saying no. And so she tried all of these new things and she brought her boyfriend along with her for the ride. And and it, and it led to this this eventual and essential understanding, I, I think, for her to just really see humanity in a different light. And, and that, well, that's what it did for me anyway. And so one of the things that she talks about in her book, other than clitoris stroking, which I might add sounds incredibly fascinating, but I don't know if I'm daring enough to even allow my husband to stroke my clitoris in the company of others, which is essentially what she had to do. And so like I said, this is bold, daring stuff. This is stuff that takes us all out of our comfort zone. But the reason it intrigues me so much is because I think we need to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. I think when we get comfortable, we don't challenge ourselves. Um, And then when the challenges do come up, we're so comfortable that we're like, I don't know how to handle a challenge. And so I appreciate authors who are willing to allow me to live through them vicariously. And so another book that I recently finished reading too was called Psychedelic Christianity, which is by Jack Call. And he shares his experience of psychedelic drugs. So LSD. And so for me, again, I probably wouldn't let my husband stroke my clitoris in front of the company of other people. I just want to put a caveat on there. I'm just saying that in the present moment, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. But that doesn't mean that I'm closing the door. But Currently where I am right now, as Jack Call has already experienced, I don't know if I would be comfortable experiencing psychedelic drugs. I know that I have kind of tested the waters out there to try and invite other people to come and talk to me about hallucinogens, about ayahuasca, about LSD. And it's interesting to me. It's intriguing to me. But I think I'm just not right in the head to experience something like this without it being like a bad trip. So these authors allow us to live through them vicariously. And anyway, going back to what I said about Isabel Lasada's book, there is this topic there in, 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 in the book where she's speaking with somebody else about something called the Vigilance Center. And I liken the Vigilance Center to maybe what we consider our ego, who is always on guard ready to keep us protected and safeguard us from anything that can hurt us. And so this woman's talking about this vigilance center and that this is a center that must be calmed before one can become focused on sensation. The book is called Sensation. Ultimately, it is a journey through understanding sensation. What I took as an approach is my vigilance center sometimes becomes a little too activated right before I'm about to, you know, go down with some naked time with my hubby, right? And so... I've talked about this in the past, too, where I have to go from mommy mode into, you know, I'm also I'm also a sex goddess. So instead of compartmentalizing, integrating, but it starts with either someone say the ego or someone would just say the shifting of our motor mentality and, and pulling us out of our programming mode, taking us out of automatic into manual. And so this woman speaks about the vigilance center. And I couldn't help but wonder how many of us aren't even aware 
of this kind of activation that goes on in our brain that shuts us down and prevents us not only from pleasure and sensation, but ultimately connection with our spouses. You know, my journey, my erotic journey, my, my journey towards an erotic embodiment through this erotic epiphany is is so that I can connect better with my own husband, but not only just my husband, but my children. And I believe it is through eroticism that ultimate connection and love making stems from. Even in moments where I think I'm in mommy mode, I think I can actually be in a different mode. And maybe that's what it is for y- for y'all out there too. Sometimes we don't realize it and we react in the moment because maybe we're not in the present moment. We're stuck in a past moment. And this programming takes over and not only does it affect how we connect to our spouses, but affects how we connect to our children, right? And so we're all trying to just relate to everybody. We're, and basically, if you really peel back everything and look at it, our entire life is about building relationships. And pinging back to Jack Call's book, he speaks about something, the ultimate goal about being in right relation to God. And when I think about right relation to God, I think of Carter Hayward, and I think about her concept of power and right relation. And and what she does is she kind of like um, capitulates this idea that right relation, the power and right relation with God comes through eroticism. And that's what that's that's what erotic embodiment is about is about a mutual recognition. Jack Call calls it the right relationship with God, Carter Hayward calls it the power of right relation. And I think there's something behind making sure that we get down the right relation. And it is through right relationship, whether it be with our spouse, with our children, with our coworkers, with friends, with family, whatever it is, that is how we bring about the kingdom of God. And so, yeah, in a roundabout way, I am saying through eroticism, through exploring our sexuality, through embodiment of the erotic self, we do bring about the kingdom of God. Politics doesn't do that. Even a lot of the pseudo-social justice out there is not really about bringing about the kingdom of God. Entertainment, sports, this is something Jack Call points out in his book, Psychedelic Christianity, that it totally resonates with me and kind of puts to words these icky feelings I had about certain things specifically sports and those things that entertain us, those things entertain us and they're not inherently evil and they don't need to be labeled as such, but they also don't bring about the kingdom of God. And through the few, the last few books that I've read, and I read another really incredible book by Ilya Delio, and it's called Birth of a Dancing Star. And I have communicated with her and hopefully we'll have something set up in May where she will be on the show discussing that book as well. But she as well kind of unveiled another another route to bringing about the kingdom of God. She also kind of offers this view that suggests that it's about a right relationship. And for her, from what I glean, is it was about a right relationship with herself and a right relationship with God. And so ultimately, again, this just kind of reiterates and highlights how relationships are the, I think, fundamental purpose of all of our lives, being in right relation. And being in right relation with the other is being in right relation with God. So that's just kind of what this exploration is leading me towards. This is kind of the things that I'm I'm really excited about presenting and talking to other people about is how do we stay in right relation with other. Therefore, we can still be in right relation with God. Therefore, we can still be bringing about the kingdom of God. And a lot of that has to do, again, I, I, 
I will hinge all of my work on this. And that is that eroticism will bring us to that point. And whatever that unfolds for me, I hope to deliver to you in an informative way, in a practical way, in a way that you can take it and apply it to your own relationships at home. And the reason this is so important to me is because my relationships in my home are the most important relationships for me, my husband and my children. I believe that it's only, it's only going to be possible for me to love other people, to love my neighbors, so long as I am loving the people that are in my direct and constant proximity. Now, let me break this down. I am a stay-at-home homeschool mom. My husband farms, which means he has crazy hours and sometimes I don't see him in a day or two or what have you. But what that means is that, you know, there's a tension that is built. I am at home all day with my children. I need to know how to be in right relation with my children so I don't go crazy. And then there are those times that test me either when my husband is here too much or when my husband is not here enough that if I can't sustain that right relation, we are not bringing the kingdom of God within our home. And if we can't do it in our home, we can't do it outside in the world. My friend Nora Speakman, um, she had sent me her manuscript. She's publishing a new book. And one of the things that stuck out was something she pulled in and she kind of she opened up a little bit that just just stuck in my head and I I believe it was something from Deepak Chopra that she had quoted and she had kind of put into a practice that she was um, presenting to her readers. Nonetheless, it was, if you can't do it at home, you can't do it for the world. And that makes me think of Jacques Ellul's quote, think globally, act locally. And that means that we can have these great big ideas that we hope will influence the world. But if these great big ideas can't be put into practice in our own homes with our people, then we don't really have a shot of making them successful or affecting change. And that brings me back to erotic again, because my relationships, both with my children and my husband, are erotic. And erotic again, I will say it over and over, and I will never tire of saying it, but I want to remind you, eroticism is not just sex. And my aim With my book, Enfleshed, Making Monogamous Relationships Real, and another book that I'm working on, and also through my work, and also through this erotic epiphany series, is to show you that eros, eroticism, the erotic phenomenon, is so much bigger than any of us could ever articulate, really. There isn't just one definition, because just like love, there isn't just one definition, because it's entirely possible there are a million right different ways to define love and to define eroticism so long as it is aimed at bringing about the kingdom of God, which I believe, again, I will say over and over, the love of Eros is capable of doing, is necessary for the doing. So with all that being said, I have incredible guests coming on the show. I still have so many phenomenal podcast in the archives that still require a little bit of time in editing. And I just want to say uh, how much I am appreciating your feedback, how much I'm appreciating your support. Um, and listeners, if you would like to continue supporting my work, I can be found on Patreon at Danielle Kingstrom. And you can follow me and take along and see what I'm doing. I am on Instagram and Twitter at D Kingstrom. I'm on Facebook on Danielle Kingstrom. And you can find my written work on Patheos Progressive Christian. And I have so many guests coming. I'm so excited. So I will be interviewing Jack Call, 
the author of Psychedelic Christianity. I have Kyle Butler coming on the show soon. I also will be having Isabel Lasada join me. She is the writer of Sensation. And coming around May, I know for sure that I will be connecting with Ilya Delio, writer of Birth of a Dancing Star. And from there, I'm going to tell you again, listeners, if you would like to join me on Recorded Conversations, if you would like to have a discussion about anything, and this means even if you're an atheist and you're sick of me popping off about God and you think you have something to say, I am so not here to judge you, but I am here to listen. And so... With all of that, listeners, I just want to thank you again for compassionately considering the perspectives of all of the views that I present to you. And I hope that for 2020, I can continue to bring you conversations that help you think and that that provoke you to ask questions and that inspire you to want to have discussions with someone that you love. Take care.